think you have a gambling problem at all? No, because I can stop gambling. I have a competition problem. folks welcome into the premiere episode of the competition problem i'm trey win joined by ben bobick and mike ianello i'm very excited i wanted to jump in here obviously i don't want to take the steering wheel from these guys i want to pass the baton but we had to make it official and i want to say these guys i i can already tell through the times that we've just been preparing for the podcast the excitement is there the passion is there and i believe as we <laughs> as we're discussing these guys are sitting here watching utc basketball Waiting to see the outcome. Fellas, how are y'all doing tonight? Living the dream, watching the mocks take on uh Bellarmine here in their first division one home game. It's it's a real barn burner up there in Freedom Hall, though. But you know, it's it feel like it's the perfect way to christen the podcast. Wouldn't you agree, Mike, that we're sitting here watching Saturday <laughs> the Mocks play basketball on Wednesday night? Yeah. I mean, I would say competition problem. I mean, I'm sitting here sweating, trying to get my <laughs> four and a half on a Wednesday night. Uh, but hey, it's, it's the the mocks are hot. They're 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 four yeah. zero and and they're playing good basketball. And just got to get it done on the road today. That's what it's about, right? For sure. Well, guys, it's good to be here with you all. Obviously, the competition problem. It is an official as as Tennessee has legalized sports betting. We had to get in on the dance. So, little story time here. Myself as the host of the Tighten Up Talk and Ben Bobick being a big Steelers fan. Ben and I, we've kind of interacted social media-wise. I mean, obviously, here in Chattanooga, we're all kind of neighbors and a little bit uh, everybody knows everybody. Um, but Ben joined the Tighten Up Talk crew for a preview of that of that game that, unfortunately, we lost. The Titans lost on a Goskowski game-time goal at the end of regulation. Uh, obviously, speaking of, of of the sports bet, no telling what happened on that one for all those poor people that put money on the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that to say, obviously, the conversation started there. Ben was an, uh, obviously a natural, as he is with WRCB, and, and Mike as well with the Action Network. So the sports betting side, obviously, I'm no guru with this stuff. You guys are here uh for guys like me but also those those guys who do have the competition problem like michael jordan where that name comes from um but fellas kind of let's let's just obviously we've shared the story what do you want this podcast to be i think i have to ask you guys that just to put it up there for all of our listeners no doubt and i think that's what's that's what's cool about it too is i remember trey messaged me and and said hey you know anybody that we want to try to hop in on this on the ground floor because i think what's what's important about it here in tennessee too is as uh, with, with sports betting and gambling, I mean, it's, it's very much legal. And I feel like a lot of people just don't understand it. And I think mm-hmm. it's important. And then that's what I think uh, the goal of this is when you message me, you're like, well, you know, I, I have a pretty good understanding. And then, you know, I'm, my, my friend Mike actually writes for the, the action network and he does a, a lot of good research. And as I'm sure you guys, your listeners will get to know uh, Mike's side of things and how he likes to handle his, uh, his, his, his gambling is he, he puts a lot of thought into it, not thought, but also research and getting the right numbers. And I think like, that's important on the education of it because us here in Tennessee, some people that may not like, I want to try this out, but I don't know how. And I think mm-hmm. that's the point of, of the basis of this podcast. Wouldn't you agree, Mike, that we're kind of showing you, Hey, these are quote unquote good bets. And these are bad bets. They may not, it is gambling. It might not hit, but these are the thought process behind it, if you will. Yeah. The, the way I look at it. Um, and again, to go with the call competition problem too, is like, to me, it's, it's not about money. So like I'm not throwing around, you know, hundred dollar bets every day. You know, I'm just, you know, just trying to have fun. And and to me, it's more about being right. It's more about 
doing the research, finding key stats that I feel have value. If you have a team that, yeah, they're, I don't know, they're laying four and a half and you're like, yeah, they're easily going to win. But I think they're only, they only should be winning by favored by like three. Like mm-hmm. that's value. And you, even if you take an underdog who is probably going to lose, if you think they're better than the number necessarily indicates to me, it's about finding that value, finding where you think you have an advantage. And like Ben said, at the end of the day, it's pretty much 50, 50, no matter what. <laughs> it's just about feeling like you were right. And winning more than you lose and at the end of the day if you're like 54 percent, i think i think that's like technically breaking even so that's all you could ask for <laughs> yeah absolutely man it's funny because I, I think as as a as a sports fan obviously there's certain sports you might lean toward i'm a big football guy and obviously college football in the nfl that's going to be a huge part of the conversation i mean and really anything else if there's i, mean, I was even thinking for you guys there's golf ufc i mean there's there's on op- opportunities that are endless that means anybody who's listening to this, you can subscribe. And even obviously for all those that are uh, on Twitter or other social media platforms, connect with these guys, connect with Chat 10 Sports. Let us be a part of the conversation. Uh, help, Let us help in, in whatever we're trying to do. And as Ben, we've talked about, in case anybody does have a gambling problem, go ahead and call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, and make sure that uh, you are taking care of yourself as you do have fun and have that competition that fix for a little bit. Um, but I will say all that to say, I, I, since it has become legal, taking a couple ganders here and there, put a little money on, you know, and it's been, it's one of those things, man. It is captivating when you don't care about the Redskins Steelers match as a non Steelers or Redskins fan and you're throwing X amount of dollars on. Now it gets interesting, and that's where I think this is just a fun place for all of us degenerates to come to and, and have fun and learn. But I'll, I'll pass the baton off to you guys. Uh, hit your topics, and uh, for all those listening, again, thanks for checking it out. Make sure to subscribe. And as the uh, – as the uh, again, Ben, we just kind of fell into this thing, but it's good, man. Mike, it's great uh, to have you guys both, and uh, we wish you all the best. Appreciate you, man. All right, Mike. Okay. It's our time, brother. Yeah, As we we look through, just to give you guys a little background as well, too, Mike and I pretty much do this on a weekly basis, whether it's in podcast format or via text and or FaceTime. So uh, and one of my favorite things is definitely to look back on some of our uh, our bets from the past weekend. And uh, Mike, we it was an okay day college wise, I I would think. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, uh, we've had a couple couple bad weeks, I would say, over the last month. Uh, turned it around a little bit last week. We went went 500, which again, kind of all you can ask for, broke even. Uh, it's been a tough year, college football. Um, college football is definitely my my specialty. It's what I feel like I know the best. I watch the best. I follow the closest. Um, just given everything with COVID, this is kind of a weird year where you you have a bet lined up, the game gets canceled Friday, you find out Saturday morning that half the team is out with COVID, and you're kind of sitting there holding a ticket that you feel already has no chance before the game even kicks off. So it's been an interesting year. I mean, it's been, it's been tough. We started out, we started out pretty good actually. And then it's been a bit of a, bit of a cold streak, but uh, yeah, pretty good Saturday broke even. And then um, yeah, just to, to give people, typically I make the college cards, Ben makes the NFL cards. Uh, Ben's had a little, a little more success this year, but hopefully, uh, Hey, teamwork makes the dream work. Right. That's what it's all about. I had a little heater. So we, we always, we started calling it this week, uh, everybody, is uh, 
Michael will have a big card on Saturday. And then if, if we're like in a situation like we're Saturday, we're like we broke a little even or we were a little down, we want to make it up on Sunday. We call it Sprinkle Sunday. Like, yeah, we'll throw Sprinkle a little bit on there on Sunday. Well, yeah. Sprinkle Sunday re- resulted in a little 4 0 day for, for the kid on uh, on Sunday. And, and, uh, and it was good teamwork yeah. on it, too. True. And it's not usually coincidence that the worst day we have Saturday, the more sprinkles we're throwing on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So let's, uh, Let's um let's look back. We wanted to try to make this a weekly thing uh, with everybody as well. Um and and it's kind of like go through our, our best call of the weekend, dumbest call of the weekend, and and then a fun one that Mike and I've been talking about too is a, a losing bet that we would make again, which I think is gonna bring bring a lot a, a lot of fun too. So Mike, let's go ahead and start with what do you believe our uh, our best call of the weekend was? Because uh, we was, there was a couple in there to be honest with you. So. This was tough. I know you, you'd mentioned that you thought the best call was uh, we did. We threw a little, a little late, late minute teaser together. Um, I liked Auburn a lot, but the number of dips, I wanted them at plus seven, the number of dipped to like plus five. I really wanted that touchdown. So I was trying to wait till the last minute to get that seven. It never came. Same thing with Illinois. We wanted plus uh, 14. It was under like plus 13. So at the last minute I, I teased, uh, Auburn and Illinois to plus 12, I think it was, and plus 20. Auburn loses by 11, so that, mm-hmm. that covers yeah. Illinois. Illinois score with like 30 seconds left to cover as well, so that's easier. But I'm going to go with one that you can only bring up once once a year, if that. My, my best bet of the weekend was Akron minus two and a half. It's not often right. you get to bet Akron as a favorite. It's not often you should ever bet Akron as a favorite. <laughs> Tom Arth, former Chattanooga coach, gets his first win ever. Uh, Akron's first win, and I think it was—I think they had lost 21 straight. It was something uh, like that, and, and I mean they're horrible. So the fact that they were giving points, and then they won by like what 30. Uh, Bowling Green is a dumpster fire. They're the worst team in college football, other than like UMass, but that they don't really count. So I mean, taking Akron as a favorite and getting a win—that's that's the best bet. That might be the best bet of the year. Anytime you can do it, because it doesn't happen often. <laughs> You have to tap into a different level of confidence betting the Akron Zips against Bowling Green because you want to talk about a game that everyone's peeled to on a Saturday. Akron and Bowling Green pro- probably don't come to mind too much in, in that sense. And especially the, the best part, though, is I feel like you need to let everybody know what your reasoning for taking Akron because I had I was like, I'm not taking Akron with you, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. Well, I mean, I said that this is why I wrote this stuff on the Action Network is it's the old uh... – you don't got to outrun a bear. You just have to outrun the slowest person. According to SP Plus, 127 teams playing. Akron's 125th. Guess what? Bowling Green's 126th. <laughs> so Akron's bad, but Bowling Green is just the worst. I mean, they're just – Bowling Green is horrible. Their quarterback looks like he's never thrown a football before. So – and Akron has a really good running back, and he had like 150 yards. He was a monster. So, yeah, you go with the zips. Yeah, Mikey, it was Mikey Maction strikes again. Mikey Maction strikes again. I mean, yeah, and that's what the segment, and that's what we're talking about—the best call of the weekend. And it was, and and I and I and, and you mentioned the Illinois and Auburn one. I'm glad you did because I'm just going to throw one out there uh, for mine that's just a bit obvious too, uh, in its own right. Um, and and it's because we love everyone loves a good stressless bet. You throw one out there and you don't even got to worry about it. Nope. And and my and it had to have been. The Patriots plus two and a half on Sunday. Okay. I mean, you want to talk about a stressless bet. You're like, they were up 14 nothing. You're probably like, yeah, well, you know, you never know. And then next thing you know, it's 28 nothing. Like, well, 
I think I guess we could chalk this one up as a win then. I mean, surely they're not going to give up, you know, it would be what 31 straight points to the LA Chargers. So that was probably the best call, you know, just in that sense. Uh, but um, it just we stressed took a, We took a money line, didn't we? We took a money line. Did you take a money line? I took the points. Oh, I had a money line. Oh, the one time. Here, here's a good one for you guys, too. It's, I can't believe you just admitted this to me while we're recording our first podcast. Because how many times I've been burned on, this is why you always take the points. This is why you always take the points. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure the Patriots going to win. But you know what? I'm going to give Mike a bone here. I'm going to take the points here. And it's the one time you took a money line and they smoke house the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I thought you took a money line too. No, I took them with the points. You always take the points apparently, Mike. Yeah, That's why I did. Oh, sure. good. Whatever. It's a winner. Win's a win. I, I, I'll have you Venmo me the $2 later. That makes up the difference for the $10 that I bet. <laughs> Money line to, to plus two and a half. And, and then, uh, all right, let's get, let's get into, uh, let's tuck our tails between our legs here. And, and what do you think the, the, the dumbest call of the weekend has to be? So I was going to say Oklahoma State Moneyline because I feel like I've lost a couple of times on Oklahoma State. I've also won a couple of times. They're very inconsistent. I don't like trusting them with smart. But I'm going to go with BYU minus 10 against Coastal for two reasons. One, I mean, obviously, again, if BYU is favored by 10, I wasn't the only one who thought they were going to win that game big. But my reasoning, for my biggest reason I liked BYU really didn't pan out, where it was kind of my handicap was based on BYU's has one of the best offensive line in the country. And I thought they were just going to bully Coastal around. That did not happen. Uh, Coastal had 201 line yards. BYU had 88 line yards. Uh, BYU was stuffed on 20% of their rushes. Coastal was only stuffed on 4%. So Coastal just dominated the trenches, which is exactly where I thought BYU had the biggest advantage. Um, so that was more specifically just like, my reasoning was just totally just didn't happen. And then the biggest thing, too, was it was probably the best game of the weekend, and I was salty the whole time. Like, it came down to the ending where it was like, who's going to win? Literally came down to the final play of the game, and I didn't even care because I had BYU minus 10. I knew they weren't covering. So I almost wish I just didn't bet the game at all. I just kind of sat out and enjoyed a phenomenal football game between two very good teams, and I ended up kind of just <laughs> being salty at the end of the game because I was wrong about my bet. So that was my dumbest bet. I should have just enjoyed the game. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I, I mean, when you go four zero on Sprinkle Sunday, Mike, it's tough to think about that. But, but I guess if we had to pick one, and at least, for, I mean, obviously, but, but both of us uh, were in on this, and I think we have to say it, and but and it might even fall into the next category too, because for obvious reasons, but it was Wisconsin minus nine and a half. When when we have, you have Penix Jr. who goes out, starting Indiana quarterback, they're playing Wisconsin, and you're thinking like, okay, like, and then not only did we bet Wisconsin, we got them early before, like right as they announced that Penix Jr. was out, we immediately put in the bet, so we That's got like Wisconsin. yeah, we got Wisconsin at nine and a half. What did it shoot up to? About fourteen and a half. I think it was at fourteen and a half. We yeah, we got it right when Penix the injury like was tweeted. So not only did we get the right number, but we actually beat everybody to it. That probably still, obviously, if that number rises that high, that's, that means everyone's pounding Wisconsin because he's out. And then Indiana still wins by eight. <laughs> not, even, not even close. 
So that's, yeah, that's, that's probably it there, I guess. Just, I mean, given the circumstances of the whole, you know, it, it's just because we, we went out of our way. Like this time last week, we had to bet in. Yeah. And we were confident in this game. We were sitting pretty. Like the number oh. was over two touchdowns. We were sitting there at nine and a half. Chalked it up as a dub. I'm like, oh, Miss Compton's good. Well, it's I funny is I I texted you that we should bet Indiana plus 14 and a half and try to middle it. In hindsight, that would have been smart. <laughs> yeah. Hindsight is 2020, apparently. That's what they tell me. But yeah. what, what do we know? So, uh, and then let's get into the the, the final one of our uh, opening segment here now that we're rolling. And that is the losing bet you would make again. Yeah, so th- this one kind of it's kind of like our almost like our bad beat feel where you had the right team and you just didn't you just didn't win. But if they played again tomorrow, you take the same team at the same line. Uh, mine, I'm gonna go with. Now, do injuries count? Are we like excluding injuries? Because if that's the case, I'm gonna go with Boston College plus four. Against yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That yeah, you could. You, it would open my four, my reasoning for that was. Like I said, me and Ben make all of our picks together every week. And a lot of times if he's unsure about one, he'll make me explain it. And he asked me why I liked Boston College. And I said to you, Virginia's pass defense is horrific. Boston College throws the ball all over the place. Boston College is the 22nd ranked pass offense. Virginia is the worst pass defense in college football. They rank 127th. Well, uh, Phil Djokovic was Jeff Halfley had said all week that he was very optimistic and expected Djokovic to play and expected Djokovic to be available. Fine, good news for me. Come Saturday morning, Djokovic is not playing. It's the backup, Dennis Grossell. Well, Grossell threw for 520 yards and four touchdowns. So my handicap of their off their pass defense stinks clearly was true. The difference was Grossell hasn't played all season. He threw three interceptions. Those three interceptions came, one was at the five-yard line, one was in the end zone, and one was at the four-yard line. They lose by 11. I mean, and we had them plus four. So if one of those three interceptions doesn't happen, they cover. If they played again and I was getting four points, I would take him again and just hope to God one of those passes didn't get intercepted. I would take him again if Grossell was starting. Yeah, That's my. That's the bet I would take again. Boston College plus four. Djokovic plays BC, probably wins that game. And mm-hmm. Virginia's past defense is bad enough. I would take BC again. What would yeah. you take? I, I I agree. I I I mean I'm I fully fully agree. Um, when it comes when it comes to that one, because I mean I'm a big big Phil guy. Obviously, I mean big big Phil guy. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh guy, Pine Richland, PA. Um, and uh, he just he just kind of just fell into a bad situation though in Notre Dame. I mean he can't help that he was behind Ian Book and Ian Book decides to stay there until he turns thirty years old. So it's like you know it's there's a reason he went there. You know he could be he could I put it this way Phil could be playing for Notre Dame right now and they could still be in the same exact spot they're in. Um, better better recruit than Book. Yeah, so uh, I'm happy that he's getting his chance uh, in, in Boston College. So uh, and I also trust him to to you know if he plays they might even win the game, let alone cover you know the four points they were getting. Side note, did you see the, the greatest streak in college football just ended uh, two days ago? What's that? Boston College had gone the entire season without a single COVID positive test. They had one play, they had a player test positive on Tuesday. Wow. It's like the Undertaker right. losing that mania. Yeah, that is the, the streak is over. Good for Jeff Hadley. Jeff Hadley got his, hey, 
best of best abilities availability and haven't made it through the whole year without a single COVID test. Even up to this point, it's pretty impressive. So ACC coach of the year right there. Should be. Should be. Streak is over. But yeah, so if I had to get into one um, that that I would make again, um, it, it it probably uh, it, it's tough. But I mean, I feel like we talked about this, and now and since you went this route with uh, with with BC, I feel like we got to go uh, the Rice Marshall over. <laughs> I mean, that would like I would do that all. We had the over. It was at forty five. Marshall's ranked, right? They were still ranked. They're like twenty three on that. Yeah, they're playing rice. You need forty-five. I mean, shoot, like that's not that bad. That's not that many points at all. Like you get a forty-five over under in college, and if it's not Army Navy, which I'm sure we'll get into here in, in, in a little bit, don't don't you worry about. Um, <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? It's I like holy smoke. I think Marshall came into the game averaging like thirty-seven points per game. Yeah. And then what happened, Mike? What did, what did the Marshall quarterback did the Marshall quarterback throw five interceptions? Yeah, he threw five picks. I said to you, I'm like, our, our, and Marshall was what, 26 point favorite? So the whole time, too, like, even this was another one we discussed, and I was like, I literally said to you, I'm like, Ben, if we could get like 15, 17 points from Rice, this should hit easily. And Rice, Rice actually has a pretty good passing attack. Like, they've, they've thrown the ball well all year. So I was like, hey, they're a pretty good pass. If we can get 17 points out of them, this should hit easily. Well, we got 20. I would, if you said Rice is getting 20, I'm saying this number goes over by 15. And the fact that Marshall didn't score a single point is absurd. Yeah. So I would absolutely bet that puppy again because then we don't even yeah. need, we, we just need Marshall to score below average. We don't even need the full 37 or 38. We just hey, need 30. We might get it a little lower now. Yeah, More exactly. Better. Yeah. If we, if we run it back, we might even get it a little lower. You ain't lying there, man. But yeah, that that's probably the roundup of our last week. It's and it's weird. I'll be honest. Like it's weird, kind of talking about this with everybody that's listening. It's like, oh, like it'll be more fun as we continue to go on. Like next week when we do this, because uh, we we t- if you listen the week before, we talked about our picks and we kind of gave our reasoning behind it. So I think, but I think it's a good way to introduce it uh, to kind of show you guys how we plan to uh, how we plan to do this and kind of like our reasoning gives you a little idea of the reasoning behind why we make the picks that we do. People, people will probably know that know it's coming. They'll, they'll listen to it, then they'll watch the games. Like, well, that's going to be Mike's dumbest pick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. That's perfect. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's take a little breather here. Let's uh, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about college football, big picks. Obviously, a lot of big games off the table. It is what it is. It's the world we live in now, but still plenty of good action on the table. We're going to be talking about when we return on the competition problem. Do you live in the Chattanooga area or the greater Chattanooga area and you're looking for a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or say you want to grab a patio spot and enjoy some appetizers with a cold adult beverage? What's up, you guys? It's Trey Wynn from Chat 10 Sports, and I'm here to tell you that Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. You can go to parkwaypoorhouse.com and plan your visit today and be sure and tell the guys the Chat 10 Sports crew sent you. Welcome back to the competition problem. Ben Bobick, Mike Ionello. We're diving in to our college football picks. Mike, last full weekend, right? A college football here? Uh, it's a little weird. Ten- technically, last last regular season, because next week, I believe, are the uh, some of the championship games. But then some teams are playing like 
bonus. I don't know if they count as regular season games, like the Big Ten's doing that weird crossover thing. You have a lot of makeup games will be next week um, for those not participating in the conference championship game. So we'll, we'll have pretty much a full slate next week, um, but it'll also kind of be championship week. So it's kind of a weird deal. Still going to be fun, though. Championship week's always a good time. You get some lopsided oh, yeah. matchups. Looks like we're going to get Ohio State, Northwestern, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame is going to be fun to grab some action on. Let's see how that shakes out. Just to see what I mean that where the Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that one's going to be that that that's probably a, a, a over hint, hint over play on that one. You get it early. <laughs> you can make it eighty four. I'm taking you over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how we wanted to handle uh, our college picks? Obviously, Mike sort of kind of has control um, over uh, at least you know the explanation process when it comes to college and, and kind of putting the card together for us because he does a he does a great job with it. Um, and so we're going to do kind of do a draft style. So we're going to each pick three games that we like and then uh, kind of go back and forth, kind of explain the reasoning, and then maybe at the end kind of wrap it up and maybe throw out a few other numbers or names or games that we might like. Hey, you know, this one's pretty good too. Keep an eye on this or uh, and everything. But uh, Mike is on the clock with the the first pick in the uh, college football draft here when it comes to uh, – You want to do the draft first or you want to do a quick just like go over some of the bigger games that everyone might see? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Local games. Let's prop it up for some for some folks right now. We got uh, obviously Michigan Ohio State is um, is canceled, but I mean we were gonna lay the points with the Buckeyes. Either I was way, very, so. very excited about the Buckeyes. They were gonna they would have beaten them by forty. Yeah, and then Cincy Tulsa too, which we talked about uh, off off the air about um, you know it's so kind of it, right. We get it next week, so it's almost better as an from an entertainment value. But I mean it would have been nice to 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 lay the points with Cincy, like you mentioned, Mike, because uh, why would Tulsa try? In that sense, yeah. Since he's got the playoff, at least I mean, not really, but they might want to try to make a playoff case where Tulsa's only got the championship game. And Washington, Oregon, are they still on, or is it canceled, or is it still on on watch, if you will? Uh, it's it's on watch. It's not looking good, so we won't. We can just kind of quickly go through it because I would I would guess that gets pulled. Last I saw, uh, uh. Who's was it Washington that's COVID? They're not practice. They paused practice, so probably not. But I mean, we can we can get into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I like I I think the 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 Huskies have just been uh, been a nice surprise for a lot of folks this year, and Oregon's been very lackluster, if you will. But I don't even want to call it a lackluster. I mean, how many teams that just underperformed this year, and you can almost can't even blame them in a sense. Oregon's frustrating to watch. Um, I, for the record, if this game gets played, I love Washington. Um, I wrote Washington down at plus three and a half. The number's up to six and a half. Granted, that's probably actually because of Washington's COVID cases now that I'm saying it out loud. So maybe not, but <laughs> in theory, uh, I agree with you. Oregon, Oregon's super frustrating. Um, they're awesome on offense. Joe Moorhead, uh, me and Ben both went to Penn State, so we are huge Joe Mo fans. Um, if you look at their numbers, they, they move the ball. Fantastic. They're, they're like six in offensive success rate. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, this is a stat I will use constantly. Um, I think it's just a good kind of summary of how good a team is. Um, success rate is calculated by taking 50. If you, if an offensive team gains 50% of available yards on first down, 70% on second down 
and 100% on third and fourth down of the yards needed to gain or if they score, obviously, on that play, it's a successful play. And then it's just the percentage of plays you're successful at. Um, and it also filters out garbage time because um, a lot of times you can look and a team may have, may, they may pass for 400 yards a game. Uh, Chattanooga just covered. That's a big uh, wait, yeah, I, I hate to interrupt you real quick, Mike, but you hear that? Oh, okay. Yeah, the mock's covered. Go on. Finish your sentence. First one of the pod. Mock's minus four and a half. Boom. But I think it just it's a better summary of just, oh, this team passes for a lot of yards. Like, well, because they're always trailing and teams are in prevent defense and they throw the ball around the yard. They rack up 200 yards in the fourth quarter when, especially in college, when a team pulls their starters, you go, oh, they're for 400 yards. Like, okay, well, 200 of them were on freshmen. So I don't think it's very, or you have a team where like, maybe they have four plays go for 50 yards. Well, that's 200 yards. They may not gain a single yard on any other play. It's hard to be like, oh, that team's great on offense. They put up 200 yards. Like, yeah, four, they're on four plays. So it kind of, it gives a good percentage. So to that point, Oregon's sixth in the country. The problem is they've turned the ball over a ton. Um, they had three turnovers against Oregon State. They lost, that's, they lost that game. Um, they fumbled twice against Cal. That was another bad loss. And even in other games, like, they just don't protect the ball. Um, their defense is not what you expect from Oregon. Um, they're usually the best team in the Pac-12. They've been pretty bad all year. Um, I mean, Oregon State ran for 270 yards against them. But a lot of that was because, I mean, they had like 20 players in total they lost. They had three DBs opt out. Um, so they've just kind of – they had a lot of injuries. They, they just had a ton of players opt out just because they were so good. They're all going to the NFL draft. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of down on Oregon a little bit. Um, just because you don't know what you're going to get. You know they're going to be good, but are they going to get points because of it? Um, and I, I like Washington. I mean, Jimmy Lake's obviously been their D coordinator forever, so I don't think they really lose much with him as taking over as the coach. Um, you just kind of know what you're going to get from Oregon. They're just – they're bully ball. Like, against Arizona, like, I mean, they dominated Arizona. Granted, Arizona sucks, but, but again, their success rate, they were 50% in – the first quarter, 52% in the second quarter, 75% in the third quarter, and they pull all their starters. Um, so they just kind of bullied teams. I mean, I guess Utah, Utah, they were down 21 nothing. They they scored 24 unanswered to come back and win. Um, they probably have the two best corners in the Pac-12. Uh, Elijah Molden is the best corner in the Pac-12, and Trent McDuffie's up there. So they have great corners. Um, I, like, I like Washington, especially getting six and a half. Again, that's going to come down if they play i would say wait to see who's in and who's out because if it comes out that you know molden and mcduffie are have covid and eh, maybe you don't take washington but mm-hmm. it, it's it's again that's that's betting in, in 2020 but i would take washington getting six and a half i, I do like that value and i i think as long as you know their key players are are there i would take take the Huskies I expect it to be I, Oregon probably does win but I would expect it to be pretty close mm-hmm. yeah no I, I agree with you I, I love where Washington said it I think the 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 uh the the 24 and answered point games was one I was watching too and you just see a lot of juice from their guys uh you hear them talk about juice a lot and um you definitely see a lot that they play with you know like you just mentioned Jimmy Lake man he got the 
got them believing. You know, they started late and they're playing good football. So, I mean, I'm excited to see them moving forward even beyond this year. But I agree. I think Oregon's just too shoddy. You just roll with the Huskies and, and, and see how it plays out. Um, and then it's funny you mentioned like, yeah, well, you know, keep an eye on who's out. But uh, it, but and you mentioned it's betting the 2020. It's like, yeah, keep an eye on who's out. Like, you know, taking Wisconsin minus nine and a half when Indiana's out their best quarterback and Indiana still wins. You know, it's, but that's just the glory of the game that we that we do. So um, and you have a couple more down here, too. We're rolling through uh, Georgia at Missouri. Um, I actually didn't even realize Missouri was ranked. Good for them. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't want to, you know, anger our, our Southern listeners. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just SEC bias, SEC bias at its finest. Missouri being right is a joke. I mean, you want to know who Missouri, Missouri's got three straight wins. You want to know who those wins were against? No. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas with Arkansas's backup quarterback. Two, two of those three, two of those three don't even have a coach. Yeah, I mean, and they barely beat South Carolina, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, Arkansas deserved to win the dang game, too. Um, so, them being ranked. But, yes, this is a ranked matchup. I think it's kind of a joke they're ranked, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I mean, yeah, and that's probably why, you know, because I think Georgia's finding their stride here with JT Daniels. They better hope and pray that he sticks around and doesn't go to the draft, which I think he will. You would think you – know, I say that with a grain of salt, but, I mean, you look at the, the quarterbacks coming out of this draft class, he's automatically third uh, just behind Fields and Lawrence if they choose to go to the draft. So it's like why not stay another year, potentially compete for a Heisman and a national championship, get a full healthy season under your belt, and, and maybe even be the – the top quarterback out of the draft. So I, I like where they're heading with Daniels um, because I feel like he just provides them a Georgia's a, as a, as a running team, they are, they got, they got running backs uh, out the wazoo. I mean, not only they have uh, Zeus, Samir white, who's finally healthy, who we, Mike and I both love, love his story. Um, and he's having success. And they also have Dalvin cook's brother. So I don't think I need to talk anymore after that. So <laughs> that, that's just all you need to know. But um, yeah, I, I, I think, Georgia 13 and a half. That, that seems low, doesn't it? I yeah, don't know. I mean, you just going to win by two scores. I mean, you just going to win by two touchdowns against Missouri. Have, I mean, again, I'm not, I love Eli Drinkwitz. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a fantastic coach. Um, Connor Bazelik has been, I mean, he's been good for Missouri. Don't get me wrong. He's done his job. They've got, they're five and three, which is awesome. But when you kind of look at his numbers, like, eh, like, I mean, he's, he started six games. He's thrown five touchdown passes. Four of those came against LSU. So he's thrown one TD in the last six games, five games, two picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's completing, like, the thing with him is completing 70% of his passes. So he's been very efficient. And then Larry Roundtree is just awesome. I mean, he's got, he's got like 104 yards a game. He's been a beast. That being said, like you said, Ben, ben knows this since the summer. I, I'm, I'm very high on JT Daniels. Um, I think it's absurd he wasn't a starter from the jump. I assume he, he had to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they went I mean, back and I think I booked into it. They, I think they went back in and kind of cleaned some stuff up with his knee. So I think they were just kind of a little bit hesitant with it. it what's funny is like you look at look at the numbers between Bennett and Daniels. Bennett in six starts completed 55% of his passes for 194 yards a game. Eight touchdowns, six picks. Daniels has started two games. He's thrown six touchdowns in one pick. He's thrown two less touchdowns in four less games. 
He's averaging 270 yards a game. Um, he had a 400-yard game in his first outing. And it's easy to look at those and think that, like, oh, they're just – they got JT now. They're throwing the ball around the yard. Uh, Bennett averaged 25 and a half attempts per game. JT's averaging 27. So he's averaging one and a half attempts more. So they're really not throwing it more. The difference is Bennett completed 55%. Daniels is completing 70%. And Bennett's pass went for 7.6 yards per attempt. Daniels are going for 10. So he's just, they're just pushing the ball down the field more, which is something that Georgia has not had since, I don't know, like Aaron Murray. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. Jake, there you go. Jake, Jacob Fromm wasn't really pushing the ball. So I think it's definitely something that they've missed. Um, and I think he totally changes their offense. And I, I love Georgia in this game, to be honest with you. I love him at under two touchdowns. I would probably take him up to like 17. Uh-huh. Um, the weird thing about Georgia this year is when you think of Georgia, you think like, their defense really hasn't been that good. Right. And their defense I mean, is always good. Yeah. They, they rank 42nd in defensive success rate. Wow. Yeah, 16th against the pass, 79 or 16th against the run, 79th against the pass. Um, so they really haven't been. I mean, obviously, like Florida torched them, Alabama torched them. Um, was it someone else just put up a lot of? I forget who it was, but someone else just put up like a weirdly a lot against them, like two weeks ago. I don't remember who it was though. Um, so I know a lot of that is like obviously Richard LeCount's been out. He got in that motorcycle accident. Uh, Jordan Davis has battled injuries too. So they, they have had injuries, but their defense has not been as good. But like I said, I don't. Bazelak is essentially Santa Bennett. He's a game manager. Um, I don't trust him necessarily to throw the ball all over Georgia's defense. I think they'll slow down Roundtree, force Bazelak, who, by the way, is, is, is only a freshman. So to expect him to go out and dominate the Georgia defense is kind of unrealistic. Um, and yeah, I love their offense now with Bennett. Samir White, like you said, is is a stud so i like georgia getting under two touchdowns a lot um yeah that that's that's definitely one of one of my strongest plays this week cool and then we also have uh oklahoma west virginia on the board too but just for time purposes let's just pop into the draft here now and uh let's let's just get let's just get going so you you're on the clock you have the the first pick in the uh in the college football college football the competition problem draft if you will think of a fun well, i think I think Ben knows exactly where I'm going to go with this. And people need to learn, I am not necessarily fully subscribed to trends. I know there's a lot of, you listen to a lot of gamblers, a lot of sports experts that will bring up like, oh, they're eight and three in the past 10 years in this matchup. I don't necessarily buy into that because, I mean, totally different players could be totally different coaches. Like what does one, one quarterback beat in this team have to do with this quarterback beat the team? However, there is one trend that I will subscribe by to the day that I die. It is an automatic bet. I bet it Monday. I have it circled on the calendar. That Monday, lines come out. Boom. You hammer it. That is the under between service academies. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. And since 2005, games involving two service academies, the under is 36-9. And one. Wow. 36 and nine. And Army Navy is the best of that. The under in Army Navy games since 2005, 14 and one. Wow. Wow. 
and then we got it early too and that's one thing you know, we got to put so, out yeah i will say full disclosure we took it early we took it monday 41 and a half it's down to 38 i would still take it i think you have to do that principle the whole country's taking the under it's america's game take the under have fun it's going to be a sweat 38 is a low number <laughs> it's so low but you have to do it these teams run the ball every play Army averages 59 rushing attempts per game. Navy averages 49. There That's all they do run. But if you wanted one little kicker, Navy's not that good at running the ball this year. <laughs> Navy is averaging, averaging 185 rushing yards per game. They rank 46th in the country in rushing yards per game. And all they do is run the ball. Yeah. They're averaging 3.7 3. yards per carry. Wow. They rank they rank 107th in rushing success rate, and all they do is run the ball. Which brings me I don't I don't know if this is, this might be cheating. I'm gonna do a two for one special. I love Army minus six and a half as well. Take yeah. the under, take Army. Army is gonna run. Army's third in the country in running the ball. They're 41st in rushing success rate. They have three great quarterbacks. They kind of they've had injuries, but whoever they have at quarterback is good. Uh, Navy's Game's quarterback. West Point too. Game's in West Point. Not that that Game really matters. In West, Game's yeah. in West Point. Total's 38. Take the under. Army's minus six and a half. Take Army. Boom. America. Army wins 17-6. There it is. That's lock it up. There it is. So I'm going to go off the wall here. I'm interested to see your reaction on this one too because oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to go really <laughs> I'm going to go really off the wall here, but it's going to make sense when it hits on Saturday. So it doesn't matter. Um, as Penn State fans, Mike, you, oh, realize, you, you realize the pain that is every week that we play Michigan State. They kept us out of the playoff in 2017. We had no business losing. We lose again to them in 2018. We had no business losing to them. For whatever reason, they give us fits. Except for last year, we actually played pretty well against them in East Lansing. Um, yeah, but Michigan State's getting 14 and a half points against the Penn State Mini Lions inside Beaver Stadium. And granted, Penn State is the hottest two and five team in the country right now. Wouldn't want to play them. But when the Land Grants Trophy, which is arguably the greatest trophy in college football, maybe in sports, when that's on the line, throw it all out the window. I haven't really looked at the weather in Happy Valley. I was, I was literally just pulling it up as you were talking. <laughs> because if it's, if it's what I think it is, I'm looking. I'm looking at myself here. If it if it has the potential of what I think it's going to be, Saturday it's cloudy, 48, which is pretty much what I think it's going to be. You know that the Spartans are going to cover 14 and a half. Because even if Penn State does win, they're not. I just don't see them winning by more than two touchdowns against Michigan State. I. I hate that pick strictly because I don't hate that pick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, you're it, right. I, it's State. Just, I hate playing them. Because Michigan State just got kind of just got spanked by uh, by Ohio State, so they're they're looking at it. They do have a, a quality win on their uh, schedule this year. They beat Northwestern, who's going to play for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. So I just think, again, we're Penn State fans, so we, we kind of get how this game usually goes. And 14 and a half, a lot of points. And I just don't think a two and five Penn State team deserves to be a two touchdown favorite over anybody in the Big Ten. Over anybody. Yeah, 
I, I totally agree with you. If you take Penn, Penn, my Penn State love, that's that's a great bet. <laughs> so right, my second pick. Yeah, go, go with your second pick now. I'm going to take us a little Friday Night Lights. Colorado, minus two against Utah. Uh, a little Pac-12 action, huh? A little Pac-12 after dark, a little Friday night after dark, Friday night, 9.30 on FS1. They want to look for something Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I, Carl Durrell, I mean, Colorado's 4-0. Carl Durrell got that job, what, like June? Like, it felt like. I mean, Mel Tucker left him at the last second uh, to go to Michigan State. They bring in Durrell. Do you, I was curious because I, I, I had to look this up. Do you know who Carl Durrell was coaching last year? I feel like I do, but I don't. He was the Dolphins wide receiver coach. No, I definitely didn't know. I know. Now he's got the buffs 4-0 and running through wow. the Pac-12, baby. It's almost like, uh, like Cordell's back, back under center, huh? Their defense is phenomenal. They rank fourth in success rate, fifth against the run, seventh against the pass. Uh, they're just – I mean, this – like, Colorado is essentially what Utah was last year. They just run the ball. Jarek Broussard has been a monster for them. He had 187 yards and three touchdowns against UCLA. Last week against Arizona, he ran for 301 yards. The, wow. team, had four, the team had 407. They just run the ball and play defense. Uh, Utah, I don't trust Jake Bentley as their quarterback. Uh, he didn't even win the starting job, to be honest with you. I forget. I don't even remember who won it. But he, uh, their starter got hurt, like, halfway through the first game and Bentley came in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they just lost their whole team. Their secondary super young. I think they returned just two starters on defense. Um, so I, I, they're just young. I mean, they lost, obviously, Huntley. They lost Zach Moss. They lost They lost their whole team. So I, I'm pretty down. I mean, Utah's one and two. Yeah, I, I, I like Colorado a lot here. I like them as short favorites. Colorado minus two. Yeah, it's only and it's only two points too. So like you, you're, you, everything, every reason you just gave us is like Colorado's probably going to win the game. So and then if they even if they squeak by with a field goal, you're I still right, you're you're right you're right in there. So yeah, like I can get on board get on board with the buffs. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and go another off the wall one here because um, might not even be too much off the wall and I and I may be totally jumping the gun on you too for your third pick, but that's what the draft's about here, baby. Um, and this isn't going to sit well with a lot of folks, um, but, you know, that's just the life we live. And that's uh, Fandy getting 14 and a half against the Vols. I mean, they're at home. Who's going to start a quarterback for the Vols? Who knows? Maybe maybe you will, Mike. I don't know. You're gonna probably, they got about every quarterback known to man. they got all four of them played before. I'm, I'm sure he'll play all four in this game because that's what Pruitt loves doing. Why let a quarterback get any confidence or get any rhythm? Let's just throw them all out there. Yeah, and I mean they're getting fifth. Actually, Fanduel actually has it on the fifteen and a half now. So yeah, you're so um, with all due respect to Tennessee, I mean they they're they're doing their best. They're they're out there. They're trying. I mean, it's just tough, and life is tough in the SEC. It is, but I just don't think that they're playing good enough ball right now that they're going to beat Vanderbilt by more. That they're going to beat Vanderbilt basically by seventeen points. Exactly, I I agree hundred um, percent. If you, I was look, I was going through the numbers. It is striking how similar these teams are in numbers. Which you said, yes, Vandy is better in pretty much every statistic, 
but they're close enough. They shouldn't be laying 15. Vanderbilt is 103rd in offensive success rate. Tennessee is 78th. Vanderbilt is 124th in defensive success rate. Tennessee's 111. Tennessee ranks 124th against the pass. In terms of explosiveness, creating big plays, Vanderbilt's 114th. Uh, Tennessee's 123rd. I mean, they're just bad. All they do is they run the ball. They don't run the ball well. And the the quarterback situation makes no sense to me. Uh, Just a quick little side rant. We all know Garantano stinks. Um, I I think he's the worst quarterback in the SEC. He is hot garbage. Harrison Bailey is a four-star prospect. He was a huge recruit. He is very clearly their future. I don't think anyone would argue he's their future. Tennessee is trash. Tennessee has lost, what is it, is it six games in a row now? And they're at the, I think it is about that point now, yeah. because yeah. so their, se- their season's over. What are they playing for? They're playing for next season. So you put Harrison Bailey, Harrison Bailey, they finally make the decision to start Harrison Bailey. Yeah. And thank God, they should have made it weeks ago. And I get it. Was he great? No. I mean, he was 14 for 21, 111 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, they were losing to Florida. And then all of a sudden he pulls his future quarterback to put in JT Shroud when they're losing by, what, 20 at the time to Florida. They weren't even losing by that much. I mean, they weren't. Shroud Shroud does leave him the backdoor cover. So unless he got like the wink, wink, nod, nod, like if you want to keep your job, you better cover the spread. Fine. (laughs) What's the purpose of pulling Bailey when you have, you have no chance of winning that game? Your season's already what it is. You have this kid who's your future quarterback let him make mistakes. Let him. Florida's defense isn't good. Like he probably could have done okay against their defense. Like let him make mistakes. Let him learn. Let him get better. Let him get practice. Let him get reps. Especially this season where you didn't have spring practice, you didn't have OTAs. Let him get his reps against a bad defense, but an SEC defense, and it will only make him better for next season. Instead, they pulled the kid for literally no reason. Put in Shroud. It, it made no sense. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's my Pruitt rant for the day. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And, and I think best probably just to move on. Nothing I could really add to the conversation that you really didn't say. I mean, shucks. You know, it's – I agree <laughs> with you. by fire. Let the kid go out there and make mistakes and learn. Exactly. It's only going to help him. There's no experience like game experience. So get him out there and get his licks, and then you work on it all offseason. But, all right, third and final round pick here as we wrap up our, uh, our college section. So I was going to take Washington, but given the COVID, I don't want to have a – a bet one of my one of my picks not come in. Uh, I'm gonna go a little off the wall here too. I'm going back to Friday night, and I'm going wow. to Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Where San where San Jose State is hosting in Nevada, University of Nevada. Nevada is getting three and a half points against San Jose State. San Jose State is five and zero this year. They have been very good. Nevada six and one. They're also good. These are two. Very explosive teams. Nevada's eighth in explosiveness. San Jose State is 12th. Um, San Jose State, their quarterback, for those of you who don't know, is a former SEC guy that a lot of you will remember. Uh, Nick Starkle, former Arkansas Razorback. Uh, he's now leading San Jose State. He's actually been pretty good this year. He's been, he's been good. Uh, their offensive line is good. Their defense is good. But I like Nevada a lot. I like this Nevada team. Um, I like Carson Strong. He's their quarterback. He rarely throws interceptions. He protects the football. He's got 21 touchdowns, only four picks this year. Um, I think he's like seventh in the country in passing efficiency. 
they just have a really good offense at the end of the day. I, I love Nevada's offense. Romeo Dobbs is one of the, is probably the best quarterback from the Mountain West. Uh, he leads the conference in yards per game and touchdowns. Uh, he's actually second in the conference in yards per catch, only behind his teammate, Troy Horton. So th they just go deep. Uh, they, have this, they have a nasty tight end as well. Um, so I, I like Nevada. I honestly think Nevada wins the game. But like you said earlier, I'm going to take the points, especially they're getting three and a half. Getting that field goal on the hook is huge. Um, this is also, again, San Jose State is playing in Nevada. They're playing at Sam Boyd Stadium, which is uh, the old home for UNLV. I don't even know where San Jose State's practicing uh, right. <laughs> because yeah, they can't that. play in San Jose. So I don't know where they're practicing. They're playing a home game in Nevada. Uh, I, I like Nevada plus three and a half, so I'm going to make that my third and final pick for the college. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the OG, um, in which I just love doing, and I just want to just lay it on the table but what I love to do, and I love taking Big 12 overs. So um, West Virginia and Oklahoma, 56 and a half. Like that's kind of low for a Big 12 game of that caliber. I know West Virginia's been doing pretty well defensively in, in Oklahoma. It just seems like Oklahoma's catching their little flame there at the end. And 56 and a half really isn't that isn't that much that many points for a Big 12 game. I mean, you, what do you need Oklahoma Oklahoma to win 34 31? Well, guess what? Good chance that happens and they win and they hit. So I, I like the over in that game. What do you think? I like the over. Um that was one of our, our big games of the week. We didn't really have time yeah. to get into it. Um, like you said, the Rat Rattlers kind of hit his stride. Granted, they laid an egg last week. They were they were lazy and lax days ago against Baylor. It was kind of a weird game. Whatever. Uh, the biggest thing that's turned their season around was uh, their running back, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he was suspended for the first half of the season. Uh, he failed the drug test uh, bowl season, I believe, last year as well as one of their best defenders, Ronnie Perkins, who are both back now. Uh, since Stevenson, see, he returned against Texas Tech. Granted, they've played kind of bad teams, but in the four games since Stevenson's been back, he has six touchdowns. He's averaging 95 and a half yards per game on the ground and another 44 receiving. Uh, so having him back has totally changed their offense. That was kind of their issue if you watch like games against like Texas and early in the year, they, they really didn't run the ball and they really didn't have a big play receiver. That's another thing. Marvin Mims is kind of, uh, regain himself. The only thing that's weird about that, I don't, I, I kind of like West Virginia with the points too, but it's a weird game. Uh, West Virginia is 5-0 and at home this year and 0-4 and on the road. So being in Morgantown makes me a little nervous, I guess, but uh, for your sake, uh, at home, West Virginia is averaging 478 yards per game. On the road, they're averaging 350. So all it's going to, you're going to get I mean, Jared Dodge is going to have a good game. Oklahoma State defense is pretty good, but like you said, I think, especially his last game was so, the, the game against Baylor was so uninspired. I wouldn't be surprised if they used this as a bit of a tune-up for the, uh, before they head to Iowa State, the Big 12 championship. Right, you want to be firing, yeah. you want to be firing on uh, on all cylinders. I think, that, I mean, like I said, like, it's not like we need them to go out there and have a shootout. Like, 56 and a half points really isn't that much. It's typically... I mean, that's high for an NFL over-under because NFL teams are a little bit more contained. But, like, like th that's still, like, to see that in a Big 12 game of Oklahoma and West Virginia stature, 56 and a half, like, I think I'm – and then just who doesn't love cheering for points? I mean, come on, baby. 
let's just go out there and, and let's light it up. No better feeling when the first quarter ends when it's 14, 14, and you know, you have the over and it's, you know, and it's like, Oh, we're feeling real good about it. But yeah, that that's uh we're kind of tight for time there. So let's, let's uh, I think that's a good first run there on, on college football. I know we wanted to get to some local matchups. We pretty much hit Tennessee Vandy when we kind of talked about it. And I know, yeah, yeah, and I know Memphis is playing Houston, but I mean that is what it is. I mean Memphis is kind of like you know it's in Tennessee. I, I I like Houston a lot. I think Memphis, their offense is not what you think of Memphis offense. I mean I know that uh, Brady White's been there for it seems like a hundred years, but I mean they rank 81st in offense success rate. Their offense has not been that good. Uh, Houston hasn't played since November 14th. They've been well just other between them, other teams canceling. Uh, I like Houston. I think the number's risen a little bit. It's like four and a half, but I think Houston, they have, they were, hey, they should be well rested. I think Houston. There you go. Really so I, I like All Houston right. against Memphis. There's our college one there. So uh, as you can see, we're, we, we, Mike dives into deep, deep buzz number wise. You guys got to probably rewind a little bit there. Hey, what's he talking about there? And you know, once you understand it, I mean, we start winning some money and you'd be like, okay, like uh, we're starting to get this stuff. This is working. So. Cool. Good college round here. When we come back, we're going to dive into the National Football League, which is always fun. Might even get into some uh, get into some player props, too, which we often love to do with, uh, the, with the NFL bets. But again, you're listening to the competition problem. Ben Bobick, my guy, now. Support for the Chat 10 Sports Podcast Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And guys, we've all been there in the shower, trying to clean up a little bit and trim up, you know, make it nice looking. And all of a sudden, we find out the hard way how wide those teeth are on those old-style trimmers. Well, that's why Manscaped has completely redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Now, go to manscaped.com, and with our code CTS20, you get 20% off and free shipping. I said 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use our code CTS20. We hope you enjoy, and let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to the competition problem. Ben Bobick, Mike Ionello. We are diving into NFL football. Sprinkle Sunday, as we like to call it. Just a little bit. Just a little sprinkle. Oh, um, top, baby. Just a little on top. Exactly. So we've uh, got a couple of decent games, especially as we're getting close to the playoffs. Uh, Thursday night football, actually. Great game. Patriots-Rams. Patriots seem to be catching a little steam. Back-to-back big wins. Um, and the Rams are, are, I think are, uh, just kind of like low key flying under the radar there and they're, they're laying five, or at least they were, um, against, against the, the, the Patriots who, um, games in LA, I even, I don't know if that really matters too much, but I guess if it's in LA, you don't have to deal with weather being that, uh, weather could be a factor in Foxborough. So, um, but that, yeah, that's a fun little game there. It's a good Thursday night action there. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Ben, it is a good game. Rematch of the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Obviously, you know, no Brady, so it's not really a true rematch. I'm excited for this game only because I can already just – I can just sense it in your bones that we're going to disagree about this game. Is that right? I love the under. I know you do. 44 and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. Low. It is low. It's very low. I feel like you want the over. 
You know, I wouldn't even why I don't even want to mess with it, honestly, because I don't know. I mean, that that's a game where you don't know. You have the Patriots team that goes puts up, you know, 30 some points on the Chargers uh last week, or you know, you get one that it's kind of low. The Rams are a little bit up and down in that sense offensively. So I, I'd probably kind of stay stay a little away from that. But um I mean my argument with that is the 45 points, by the way, still went under in that game. But it also was because they had I think they had two special teams touchdown. They they had sixty nine. They had sixty nine passing yards. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they did. They did have two special team touchdowns. So yeah, we so could I, dive I like in. Yeah, I'll, really really quick. I mean, they don't throw the ball ever. Patriots ranked twenty first in pace this season uh, with an average of twenty eight point one seconds of play. They're super slow, and I mean the Rams are one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're first against the pass, third against the run. Uh, so the Rams' defense is just awesome. They've always been. The Patriots' defense has played much better. You kind of touched on that. They're kind of picking up steam. Obviously, they shut out the Chargers. Before that, they played the Car- they had the Cardinals to just 17 points. Uh, Kyler had 170 yards passing and 31 yards rushing. So they totally shut down the Cardinals two weeks in a row. Um, they're both really good at limiting quarterback production. I don't know how much you kind of put stock in fantasy points, but the fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. The Rams are second. The Patriots are fifth. Uh, so I just, I just think this would be a, a low scoring, slow, slow paced team. I would take the under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, we go in through the, uh, the, the rest of the, the card here with uh, Arizona and uh, the giants, which is interesting. It's like, wow, is that really a good game? Giants have been getting a lot of hype, obviously your man Colt McCoy, but it's the Giants' defense, but I mean the the Cardinals are laying two and a half, and I'll easily lay two and a half with the Cardinals because they need a win, and you're going to get a little bit of. The, I mean the Cardinals need a win, and who better to beat than the Giants? I understand they might have a, a budding defense, but it's tough to it's tough to prepare for a guy like Kyler Murray. They could beat you a couple different ways, um, and that's probably another under you love though too. It's forty five and a half. I'm actually not going to say anything because I may save that for a little later in the show. There you go. So uh, ripping through some of the other big games, too, because obviously a lot we want to get into the draft part of it. Um, Chiefs-Dolphins is a pretty good one, too. Or at least it's intriguing because you, you, you have that one. Uh, and the Chiefs then are, The Chiefs are only laying seven. Yes, they're only laying seven against the Finns on the road. I, I do not. I don't trust Tua uh, personally. Yeah, big Tua guy. And then obviously uh, two the primetime games are true primetime games this week. you got Patriots-Rams, which could be fun, and then – Steelers Bills uh, on Sunday night football, and then uh, Ravens Browns uh, on Monday night as well, which two back to back really good football games. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the uh, let's get into the draft portion of it because real, real um, quick, how do you feel about Steelers Bills? Uh, that could go either way. I like the I really could. Um, the Bills are playing some good football right now, and I and I think the Steelers injuries on defense uh, are catching up to them. It's going to depend. I, I'm not. I mean, you got Robert Splane, who's their replacement for Devin Bush, who's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, I, I'm more concerned with the cornerback situation. Uh, if Joe Hayden or and or Steven Nelson can't go, then we're in some trouble because that they they are two pivotal pivotal components of that defense. Uh, Joe Hayden being in concussion protocol and Steven Nelson um, having a tweaked injury as well. Even when we get – I mean, both of them back preferably. And I think uh, a lot of it – uh, is coming on the Steelers running game, and I guess so. I mean, whatever. But uh, having James, Con- yeah, Connor's going to be back. I think that's going to provide a little bit of a spark because you just have a guy in there that you know can run the ball effectively. 
uh, I think that'll provide a spark. And I always like the Steelers after a loss, and I always like the Steelers in primetime games against another good team. So I think this is the perfect uh, fade to overreaction. You have the Steelers just lost in primetime to a horrible team, and you have the Bills just won big in primetime. You're getting a, a team with one loss getting points. I think this is the perfect time of the Steelers aren't as bad as they played on Monday. The Bills are not as good as they played on Monday, right? Yeah. Played Monday. Bills yeah, are not yeah. as good as they looked. Steelers aren't as bad as they looked. I think yeah. it's the perfect regression to the mean for both teams. Um, so, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, I think it'd be a great game. This might be one of those ones where you don't you don't bet it because you just want to enjoy the game. But I would I would definitely like the Steelers in this spot. To your point, if you if the Steelers' corners are a problem, this might, you might look at the over. I mean, I don't know what the weather situation would be like in Buffalo, but to your point, the Buffalo, their offense is cooking. Uh, mm-hmm. You have um, Josh Allen's playing great football. If the Steelers' defense is banged up, I mean, their offense didn't look good against Washington, but they've had – they are kind of a peak and valley team when they when they play bad one week. They usually play really good the next week. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't hate that over, for being totally honest with you. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, with the Steelers, it's as simple as people talk about the run game. and can't run like, well, catch the ball. You catch the ball and no one's talking about the run game. So too many drops. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into the draft here. Um, Being that Mike went first in college, I'm going to go ahead and and pick first for for the NFL. and I've been looking around at this. There's a lot of stuff I like, and I kind of just want to throw one there uh, that I know is going to ruffle your feathers. Um, and that's uh, the Colts Raiders over. It's 51 and a half. Uh, Colts are capable of putting up points. Uh, the game is in the Death Star out there in Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders could score. Colts could score. I mean, I'm just need a 34 to 31 game if that. So I, I like I like where you're. I like where it's at. I mean, the Raiders coming off that that. A, that emotional win over the Jets, if you will. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Colts obviously still – I mean, both these teams need to win, put it that way. I mean, they're both very much alive in the playoff hunt. The Raiders aren't winning the division, but the Colts very well may. Um, so I think it's a must win for both for playoff pictures. I think you're getting a lot of scoring. Uh, late afternoon game, local time, 105 start time. So uh, um, out there in Las Vegas. So I think uh, I think the over is a good play. And I you know I like it too is because – we Mike talked me out of taking the over in the Colts Texans, <laughs> which looked like it was going to hit really on, like that early on. Chirping me like crazy at halftime. Like, what was it like? They had like they needed like six points in the second half. And it's like I can't believe we didn't take this over. I, t- I was like, I don't like it, Ben. Well, yeah. who's so smart now because it missed by two points, I believe. Yeah, and now I want to take the over now because we didn't take them last week. So I need to. I mean, I, there is an itch that I need to scratch, and I'm going to do so with the Raiders Colts over this week. Love it. Uh, I'm going to jump on the over train too. My first pick, I'm taking over 51 and a half Vikings Buccaneers. Ooh, that's a good one. Kirk Cousins, sneaky, having a good year. He's mm-hmm. seventh in the league in touchdown passes with 26. And they're on a pass team. They're a run first team. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's been cooking more than Russ has been cooking recently. But you have, I mean, Justin Jefferson is a free. Yeah. You have Adam Thielen's awesome. Uh, Minnesota's fourth in the league in total offense. Yeah. No, yeah, they're playing. They're, they're playing. They have 500 now, I think. What are they, 7-7 seven and seven or something? Not 7-7. Seven and seven. But uh, they got to be close to 500 now. They're getting up there. They're, they're, playing, they're playing good. They're off, it's just, it's, their offense is playing way, way better. 
Um, and their defense isn't good. Their defense, they're 24th in total defense. They're 26th in scoring defense. They give up 27 and a half points per game. Uh, Tampa Bay is sixth in scoring offense. And Tampa Bay is 22nd against the pass. They're, they're, Tampa Bay's defense was sick before the start of the year. They were off. Like, they obviously destroyed Green Bay. They look really good. They have not been as good recently. Uh, the Vikings are 8-3 and three to the over this season. 8-3-1. and one. They had a push last week. The Bucs are 7-5. and five. Both these teams go over. So you have the Vikings offense playing about as good as it has been. And you have Tom Brady coming off not only a bye, but coming off a loss on the other side of the bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Tom Brady said two weeks to prepare and two weeks to think about a loss. He's going to be cooking. Kirk Cousins in the offense is playing well. Dalvin Cook. I love over 51 and a half. It's going to be 78 and sunny in Tampa. That's football weather. Yeah. Over uh, yeah. Vikings, Bucks. Easy win. That's a really good pick. I like that a lot. And I'm going to go my second one, as we were talking about earlier. Um, I'm not buying the, the, the Giants hype train. Um, so I'm going to lay the two and a half with the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals need to win. I think the Cardinals are a playoff team. I, I think they could get into the NFC playoff uh, playoffs as a wild card. Um, and I think they could beat the Giants by three points. Although, you know, I thought that they could beat the Patriots by three points a couple weeks ago, but Zane Gonzalez decided to not do his job. But I think they could beat the the, the Giants uh, on the road, obviously, um, at the Meadowlands. But uh, I'm going to hitch my wagon to the cards um, just because just I think they're a better team. They just are. I mean, Colt McCoy played well against Seattle. That's great. I mean, the, but the, he's just – I'm not buying the the G men's hype train. I, I love I love the Cardinals laying two and a half a, a lot. Uh, judges, judges, I need a ruling. We're not allowed to draft the same teams. Is that are right? We have, are we allowed to have draft fights? I mean, who knows? We could do it through the uh, through 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 the stream. I guess I'm not sure how we do it. Are we allowed to have draft fights? Are you gonna why do you are you really want to take the the Giants? My, sec- my second pick. I'm taking the Giants. Wow. You love why? Why? Here's here's why. Oh, the Cardinals need to win. They don't you wanna know why they don't win? Because they're not that good. They've lost three in a row since the Buffalo Miracle, which by the way, is a game they probably shouldn't have won. They got lucky. If they lost that game, they would have they would have now lost five in a row. Uh I think Kyler Murray's hurt. Kyler Murray hasn't ran for a touchdown in three straight games. You wanna know Kyler Murray's rushing stats in his last three games? 15, 15 yards, 31 yards, 15 yards. He's had five rushing attempts in the last three games, each each game, so 15 total. He's been held under 200 yards passing in two straight games. Cole McCoy did not play well against Seattle. The Giants' defense played well against Seattle. The Giants' defense has played well for the last, like, four games. Uh, the Giants' defense has only allowed a passer to throw over for 300 yards three times all season. Their defense ranks fourth against the run. Wayne Gallman has been awesome running the ball. Uh, he's got six touchdowns in the last six games. He had 135 yards last week against Seattle. Uh, and Daniel Jones is expected to be back. So he just adds another element. He's honestly been almost a better runner than he has a passer, but that's fine. The Cardinals offense has just been non-existent. They're going across the country to New York. Again, I think Kyler's hurt. I think the Giants win the game. The Giants are five and seven. Cardinals are six and six. So these two teams to me are very similar. Giants are home. Like I like the Giants. I, I think the Giants 
win the game. And if I'm getting, what is it, three points, sign me up. Yeah, it's two and a half. But, yeah, I think they lose by three, but it's all good. Uh, that would be that would be funny. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun one to readdress next week now that we have exactly. that. So now now we, we have our first ever lock fight. <laughs> That's 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 yeah. I just I'm not. I just I, I I like the Cardinals more than I do, um, the the Giants. I just I'm not buying into any of it all. I'm just I'm just not. Um, but so all right, let's go into the uh, the third pick for me. Um, uh, we're just gonna go ahead and skip Sprinkle Sunday and go right into Monday Night Football because uh, Ravens Browns over under is forty six and a half. You got to pound that over. I see for those of you again seeing, he just he just looked at me and Mike just looked <laughs> at me. He was real ticked off because I just took his bet, which he deserves. It's uh, forty six and a half. I mean, come on. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, the Browns just put up what hung forty some on the on the Titans. Ravens look good. Uh, you know. Tuesday night against the uh, against the Cowboys. I mean, I, I think 46 and a half is, is is too low not to take the over. It'd actually take it now before it keeps going because I feel like I have people are coming now. <laughs> I mean, there's two, two offenses that are scoring. I mean, it, it's just – I just think it's a – it's I want to call it a no-brainer, but games in Cleveland too. So, I don't know that that really matters too much. But, but that's a good point though too. Keep an eye on the weather because Cleveland's had some weather issues here this year where it's like, yeah, well – Remember, I wanted there was a, a situation earlier in the year, everybody, where I wanted to take the Raiders Browns over, but Mike was like, "Don't," because there's wind supposed to be crazy there. They ended up delaying the game by an hour or two because it was too crazy, and the uh, and then we didn't take the over. Um, it was like seventeen total points. Yeah, yeah, and then they're like afterwards, we're like, "Well, if, why didn't we have to be smart enough to just be like, well, if that's the case, then let's take the under if it's going to be windy like that because the under hit easily, but." Uh, so definitely keep an eye on the on the weather though, because I mean that that could play a, a huge factor in the, in the reason why it is forty six and a half. But that's something we'll keep monitoring on. But I think that's just absurdly low for two teams that can score points. I agree. I like it. Um, it was on my card. Another one. If if the weather is bad, I would take Cleveland because both these teams just run the ball really well. I think like Cleveland's just done it better. Cleveland's second. I mean, yeah. Ravens are first in the league in rushing, Cleveland's second, but Cleveland's been without Nick Chubb half the season. Uh, and the Browns' rush defense is just way better than the Ravens. The Browns have really good defense. Um, Ravens' defense has kind of been so-so all year. I, I think the Browns win the game, to be honest. I may, That may be one of those double dips where I bet the under, or I bet the over, and I bet Cleveland plus one and a half. Well, so, yeah, you uh, you love the Browns. You think they're legit. I do. I, I, think the, I think they're legitimately good, and their defense is awesome. And they know what they are. They run the ball well, and Baker is able to. I mean, Baker obviously was phenomenal last week, but Baker knows what he has to do, and I feel like he's done done it pretty well. They can win with Baker throwing 100 yards. They can win with Baker throwing 300 yards. Yeah, but that was against the Titans defense. And speaking uh, of, which, let's just get into get into Tennessee a little bit. Well, so we get a little well, more I, 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 I need my last pick. That was three. I didn't take that. Wasn't my. Th- I, mean, I was just agreeing with your. Oh, thought. I thought you were taking the Browns. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. We were locked in, Mike. We, we, we can't <laughs> go back and do this. You already locked them in. I have already get some. I was just, saying, I was just saying, sprinkle it in. Just throw it on top. Now we got to start the whole podcast over again because uh, we. we got old. I'll go quick. My, my third pick: Houston minus one and a half at Chicago. Uh, the Bears stink. Texans have been way better since Bill O'Brien got fired. Sean Watson's been cooking. He's only he's thrown one interception since week five. Uh, six of his last eight games, he's got over three yards. Yeah, I get Will Fuller's out. That gives a deep threat. 
they still have weapons. Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cote. I mean, he had eight catches for 141 last year. Chad Hansen. I don't even know who Chad Hansen is, but he had 100 yards last week. I've never, generally never heard of him. He had 100 yards last week. Uh, Duke Johnson had six catches at the backfield. David Johnson is now back from concussion. Uh, the Bears have lost six in a row. Mitch Trubisky stinks. The Bears mm-hmm. defense isn't that good. The Bears defense ranks 15th in the league in total defense, so they're just an average defense. Houston at Chicago, minus one and a half. That's my third pick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a really good pick, too. I'm, I'm with you. The Texans are rolling right now. Yeah. They look good. And, they, I mean, they lost, they lost to the Colts because they fumbled it in the red zone like the last drive. Right, exactly, and uh, but the difference is the Colts are probably a playoff team, and the Brown or the the Bears are very much not. They're so tr- are trash. Exactly. So well, yeah, I, I, I say agree. that totally unbiased as a Packers fan. The Bears are <laughs> trash. But yeah, so let's look into let's talk a little bit about the Titans too, because I know the, uh, the the people who have some listeners that want to kind of like, well, what if we want some action on the Titans or laying seven and a half on the road against cool. the Jags? They they typically play pretty well, but that hook there seven and a half has me like. Eh, know about that because Mike Lennon was spinning it last week a little bit too for the Jags. Which is why I think this is an easy bet. Over 53 and a half. You really think they're going to hit the over on this? I think both. The the Jaguars defense ranks dead last. They give up 416 yards per game. Titans defense ranks 25th. They They gave up 390 yards a game. Scoring D, the Titans give up 27 a game. Jaguars give up 29 a game. And to your point, Mike Lennon did not look bad. Mike Lennon had threw for 280 yards and a touchdown. He had they they won, they were in overtime. He had the, the Jaguars yeah. in overtime against the Vikings. Uh, James and the thing too is the the Jags sneaky have like a lot of weapons. I was talking with my friends. We were talking about the draft, and I was saying how I would bet a lot. Here's, here's a little futures bet for all the people: bet Justin Fields to win Rookie of the Year next year. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the favorite. Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets, who are hot garbage. Justin, this is assuming Field, uh, Lawrence is on the Jets. Fields will probably go to the Jags. Fields is going to have James Robinson as running back. Fields is going to be throwing it to DJ Shark, LaVishka Chenault, Tyler Eifert, Keelan Cole. I mean, Colin Johnson had a great game last week, the rookie from Texas. The Jags have weapons. Like, they're going to be, if Justin Fields, they may be sneaky, like, not bad next year, like, immediately. We're like, the Jets are still going to be the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take Justin. That's that's my future bet of the, of the week. Take Justin Fields and Rookie of the Year next year. Go ahead, lock it in now. Probably not even not available. Yeah, but this game might go over. To your point, seven and a half is a lot. It, yeah, I don't. I don't, want, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. If the Titans were home, maybe if they were laying seven and a half at home, I'd maybe think. You're, about if it. you're going to bet aside, I feel like the hook is a lot. Maybe take the Jags. I, I'm not going to. I wouldn't. But. I like the over because the thing too is, like you said, the Titans' offense has been fine. Derrick Henry only gets stronger as the weather gets colder. Everyone knows that. He's probably going to run for 180 yards against the Jags' defense. And again, the Jags' defense can throw the ball. They've done it all year, especially against this Titans' defense. 53 and a half is a lot, but. Yeah. Well, to, defense is so bad. To your point about Derrick Henry, too, they don't have the player props out yet, but I would, depending on what it is, if Derrick Henry's uh, over under for rushing yards is under one hundred dollars, I'd take the over or hundred dollars under hundred yards. Take the over because he and if, James, and if James Robinson is under like seventy five, I would take his over as well. Yeah. Like both running backs, maybe they'll yeah. have one of those little those little boosts that says like uh, mm-hmm. 
both oh, running backs yeah. combined yeah. for like 150 yeah. yards. Yeah. Or something like yeah, Tennessee ran that this past week with uh, Chubb, and they might have been PA Chubb and uh, Henry. And I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. And then Titans ended up going down big, and they didn't run as much. Or else, I feel like it, I want to talk about a bet I would still make again. Uh, that would I would do that one again if they played again on Sunday because I your Titans aren't going to get blown out like that again, and that's going to hit. So it's uh, definitely keep an eye on that player prop when it comes to uh, when it comes to Derrick Henry uh, and um, rushing yards at least or not rushing yeah rushing yards. I got burned on receiving yards, but I don't want to get into that right now. I'm, uh, yeah, honestly, that's the only thing that would scare me away from this over is if the Titans kind of jump out to a big lead and then they just run the ball the whole game and just run the clock out. But again, both these defenses stink. This could get, this could be high score. This could get weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Jacksonville Jacksonville was going to be great. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Titans usually played the Jags pretty well too. It was, it was a close game, but it was the second game of the season. So you take that with a grain of salt when you're playing September football and now it's December. Forget the the Patriots Rams. This game should be Thursday night football. This is like the quintessential Thursday night football color rush. Jags were in those like puke, Brown, yeah, in the yeah. baby blues. Come on, this is what the yeah. people want. You're absolutely right. And if it was, I would lay the points with the Titans because the last time, the one time, it was what two years ago when Derrick Henry went, Derrick Henry went 99 yards and like literally, <laughs> completely. Well, it's true. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for COVID, this game's probably in London. <laughs> <laughs> even better. It was even better. You know, like Every Derrick- night- those games are great. You wake up at like nine thirty and just totally forget there was football on. You're like, oh, I forgot to set my fantasy lineup. You're like, games are already starting. Imagine the in in the Titans PR team in, in social media team just having a field day with Derrick Henry memes at Buckingham Palace, King Henry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just it would just it would just be so much fun. So oh, yeah. um, props to those are fun, but. Uh, no, I think this was a great first run here. We'll get used to this, Mike. I feel like everybody else will too. We might have went a little long today, but that was because of the intro. But we'll get a little bit tighter with everything. And uh, final thoughts here. Anything else you want to kind of say before we uh, sign off on uh, on episode one of the, the competition problem? No, like Ben said, uh, obviously it's it a good first episode. We'll, I'm sure we'll get better, get our groove going as we uh, get into this. Uh, hopefully we our picks are right so people don't think we're just morons talking into a mic. Uh, you think we're morons feel free to you know chirp us on twitter or give us some suggestions uh my twitter handle is at inlo21 ben you want to give yours people can kind of follow you and interact yeah. show us what they like tell us who tell us who you're betting on too so we can kind of follow along if you, if you want like hey what do you guys think of this bet like tweet it tweet at us we'll kind of give you our thoughts on who we like in a certain game matchup yeah no doubt and uh for sure at ben bobick b-o-b-i-c-k-w-r-c-b um i'm always on i'm always on twitter i'll be at, you know i'll be at work this weekend watching some games and all that uh anything final thoughts here too being that i will not have action uh on this game sunday night so i want to make sure everybody has uh gets free money uh steelers money line or plus 124 they're gonna beat the bills so go ahead and get yourself a free get yourself a free 12 dollars because the pittsburgh steelers i mean should buffalo bills on sunday you're night just, you're just- you're just giving away free money our first episode? Come on. <laughs> a full-on biased opinion. So take that for what you will. Steelers come off a loss, going on the road to Buffalo, playing a team like the Bills who are coming off a pretty big win. Steelers play good in primetime against good teams. Uh, I think we're going to whip those guys into shape. You also need to think about the uh, the game situation for the Steelers uh, the past two weeks. This is one that's actually been on the schedule that's scheduled to be played at this time on a Sunday night. So that's uh, – some teams don't have – you're playing. And, and ben, we're recording this on Wednesday. 
yeah. let's not get ahead of yourself. Because if the Ravens get, if the Ravens get another COVID test, they may push the Steelers game back to next Friday. Yeah, you're not lying. You're absolutely not lying. As of now, you know, <laughs> we're actually going to have the luxury like the other 30 teams in the NFL playing uh, a scheduled game as scheduled. So that's pretty tight. But absolutely, man. Chirp bus, let us know what you think. We'll, we'll give you our opinion. We appreciate you listening if you are. And obviously, too, uh, important that that we uh, that, that we um, preach safe, safe and responsible gambling. If, if you or you, if anyone else that, that you may know, you believe that they have a problem. Uh, call 1-800-GAMBLER, get them some help. We're just here kind of just having some fun, throwing throwing a couple bucks, uh, throwing some pennies on some games and and making some things interesting. So we, we definitely uh, promote uh, responsible gambling. If you or anybody else has, an, has a problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER, get yourself some help because we definitely want you to to live life to the fullest and, and, and not rely on something like this. So uh, for Mike, I'm Ben, the competition problem. We'll see you guys next week.